0: And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's p-h-i-l-o dot tv slash p-o-p-p-o-d-s to get 50% off your first month.
1: Yeah. Hi, this is Michael Schenker, ex-Scorpions, ex-UFO, Temple of Rock, and MSG Michael Schenker Group. You are listening to Talking Metal.
2: Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. So glad to be here with you on a Sunday night drinking a Buckler imported non-alcoholic beer for once from Holland. Uh, one of my favorites of the uh, very poor selection of non-alcoholic beers that I seem to find at my local liquor stores. Let me know your favorite. I, I You know, Sundays and Mondays I do not drink. Uh, at least not. I don't drink alcohol, let's put it that way. Uh, it's my two days off a week, and I do enjoy a non-alcoholic beer on Sundays and Mondays. This is my second one, actually, of the evening, which is just stupid, because they don't get you buzzed. They just make you fat and make you want to have to go pee in the middle of the night. But, you know, wh- whatever. I, I do enjoy them. A good substitute to get me through the dry Sundays and Mondays of the Mark Striegel lifestyle. Oh, wow. What an amazing guy we have on the show tonight. Michael Shanker. I've been literally sitting here, guys, for over an hour trying to decide what songs I'm going to play. And there are so many great songs that this guy has given us through his career from, I mean, I, I can't even name everything he's done, but obviously the Scorpions, UFO michael shanker group macaulay shanker group who i saw open for rush back in the day actually caught a drumstick at that at that show um worcester massachusetts great great night shanker followed by the one and only rush i think it was roll the bones tour for rush i'm not sure uh so many great songs this guy has given us temple of rock that is his more recent stuff he's put out Two great records, which I believe I've spoken about on Talking Metal in the past. Anyways, Michael is here, and I'm not going to talk too much more before the interview, but he's going to tell us about Michael Schenker, Tokyo Fest, which is is just amazing sounding from what I've heard and the clips I've seen. It looks amazing. It's a, it's a new DVD, Blu-ray CD collection that's coming out um, in late March, and Michael will tell us all about that. Again, what I've seen of it, the trailer and the clips that they sent me, sound great. Matter of fact, we're going to get into one of those clips before we hear from Michael, uh, so you'll get a a chance to um, hear it. So, And then after that, I just got tons of great music I'm going to play for you guys. So on that note, let me just say, please support the podcast. Go write us a review on iTunes. Use our Amazon links. I know a lot of you guys shop on Amazon uh, hopefully, people still shop there, even though they still sell Ivanka Trump's clothing. You know, whatever, whatever. It's, it, it, give me a break. Amazon sells everything. Um, so, you, use the Amazon links. All you do is go to TalkingMetal.com, click our Amazon links, and they take you right over to Amazon. You can do your shopping there. And that's about it, guys. Uh, you know, we'll come back and we'll talk some more after this Michael Shanker interview. You know, I've interviewed Michael three times. One, the first time was on this podcast, probably oof, like almost a decade ago, and I didn't really f- feel like the interview went so well. I asked some stupid questions, and Michael, the connection wasn't good, and I wasn't. Michael didn't seem like he was in the best mood. Then I interviewed him again two years ago uh, when I was working on that metal show. I did the backstage interviews for VH1.com. And he was just the greatest guy. We were hanging out the whole time he was there. And even after the show, he was chatting with me. Such a great, excellent guy. And that was the Michael I got on the phone this time, too. I didn't really go into the fact that I was the guy he was hanging out with on that metal show because I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted the interview to be about him. But what an excellent interview this is. And he was in a great mood, very talkative Lots of great stories, and yeah, man, so let's do it. Let's uh, get into an old UFO classic, one of, one of my personal favorite UFO songs. I mean, of course, I, I love Lights Out, but Dr. Doctor uh, is a song that Michael has a co-write on. And I think he wrote all the music, and I think I believe Phil wrote the, uh, the lyrics, if I'm not mistaken, and it was the single off of uh, the record, Which of course was phenomenon. And that record was released way the fuck back in nineteen seventy-four when I was four years old. Unbelievable. And that's my dog moaning in the background. Um and it didn't the song didn't chart until nineteen seventy nine when the live version kind of became somewhat of a hit. And guess what? Michael does Doctor Doctor, the UFO classic. As part of Michael Shanker Tokyo Fest, you'll get to hear it and see it live if you purchase the CD and, and Blu ray. And right now, we're going to play a little sound sample of the new version, the new live version by Michael Shanker uh, of this old UFO classic. And again, this audio you're about to hear comes from the Michael Shanker Tokyo Fest package that is on the way. And Michael will tell us all about that after we hear. A little sound sample, not the whole song, a little sound sample of this song. Go buy the whole song on iTunes after it is released, or just go buy the Blu-ray and DVD and you'll you'll love it. It's great stuff. And here we go. Doctor Doctor, followed by Mr. Michael (laughs) Shanker. It's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal and calling in on the line. The one, the only, Michael Shanker. How are you, Michael?
1: Hi, I'm great. How are you?
2: Good. I'm excited because you have this uh, new DVD, Blu-ray, and CD coming out on March 24th. It is the Michael Shanker Fest Tokyo. And, it, it, you know, I saw a teaser, I guess, you know, a little promo of of it, and it really looks incredible. Uh, one of the things that blows me away is that you got three of, of the, the, really the classic vocalists from your career to all participate in this, uh, Gary Barden, Graham Bonnet, and Maca- Robin uh, McCauley. How 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 was this? Was there any tension between the guys? Were the egos kind of left at the door?
1: <laughs> no, you know, i tell you, I I, I was so pleasant Pleasantly surprised. It's such, They're like mates. I mean, right wow. from the beginning, they're like mates. They're getting on like unbelievable and they're having fun. You will see it on the, on the side footage, you know. And we have like, uh, I made sure that there was a cameraman, you know, filming everything. It, it's, they get on excellent.
2: Very cool. And had, had you been in touch with Graham Bonin through the years or, cause I know you never really played many shows with him back in the day, if any, right?
1: Well, no, we did 15 minutes and then, and then he was gone. And, well, okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, but you know, I, you know, I can't remember. I mean, but like I, I saw him, um, somewhere in the late nineties, maybe shortly. Um, he was supposed to sing, but he wasn't, uh, really happening. And, uh, and uh, I had him sing on something a couple of times in the past of of albums that were more experimental albums, you know, and uh, that uh, uh, you know were not really uh, pushed to the to the foreground. Right. But same with Robin, you know, and and with you know and, and with Gary, and so it seems like um, indirectly or directly over the years. It wasn't completely silent between all of us. It, there was always a little bit, but only just lately, say, like since the beginning of two thousand four, maybe um, there was all of a sudden a little bit of a hint of 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 doing, you know, having contact, and uh, but not really physically necessarily um, met, you know. I, I I like I think somewhere in the nineties I met Graham. Very briefly, and uh, I, Robin, he was. Uh, I, I was with him in a in the studio. He was singing on that concept album that I had at the time, um, right. that then was released through Holger Hipner Armageddon Records, Taste uh, of Rock and Roll, and that and, and and Graham also was already singing something on that. But uh, no, we were offered a a, a, 1950, uh, a 2015 The Temple of Rock. There was our promoter in in Japan had this idea, you know, to have Graham Bonnet opening up for MSG and so uh, for, for Temple of Rock wow. and uh, and then sing a couple of songs with us. And so we did that. And, and when that happened, when that, that that's when it clicked, you know, when I realized, well, I'm playing my past music always with other singers, never original. I think it's time to do that, you know, and so. Mm-hmm. I I I thought like well if I can get Robin Graham and Gary that would be I mean all together you know because you know can't just get one person you're still going to be singing the other songs by other singers so I was thinking if I get you know the the whole 80s uh, whatever happened you know Robin and Gary and Graham the main the main singers uh, together on one stage that would be fantastic and then I had to think about. Musicians, and then you know, I thought of Steve Steve Mann, who was with the Mikolajsenka with the group. Um, he was the guitarist, keyboard player, um, who actually wrote any time, and uh, and so he had a connection to Robin, and then and then Chris Glenn and Ted McKenna, they were the original rhythm section of uh, Assault Attack with Graham, and then also uh, the original rhythm section after after Cozy Powell for uh, Behind Gary, and so I had like a perfect. Kind of set up the, the musicians to kind of all connect It it all made absolute sense, and uh, so you know we, we we started to to put things together and I mean rehearse and stuff. And we had a first concert um, coming up was a, a um, Sweden rock, and then I had a call from from Japan um, to headline uh, Loud Park Festival in Japan, and uh, they wanted me to to close the show as a headliner, and then. Uh, um, And I said, "Well, who's the headline on the other day?" And 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 they said the Scorpions. I said, "Sorry, I can't do it. I have to decline Um, uh, the Scorpions. They're they're tricky guys. They might set me up or whatever. Plus, I'm staying from Rudolf away as far as I can, so I'm not going to do that." My other promoter in Japan found out about it, and he said to me, and he immediately contacted me and said, "Like Michael, I want you to come to Japan, and uh, and put together three concerts, and uh, it was uh, for the Michael Schenker Fest." uh, uh, which actually was the most talked about thing at the, in those uh, uh, in, uh, uh, apart from Richie Blackmore, because he, he put a new band together. And so that it was those two things, you know? And right. uh, so I said, okay. Um, and they booked um, Osaka and uh, Tokyo and Sapporo. And, you know, when I, and Tokyo sold out immediately, and and I went like, wow, this is like Budokan all all over again, sure. and, and that's when I decided, you know, I saw the I saw the concert the, the Tokyo place unbelievable place, you know, so beautiful and clean and and shiny and big stage, and you know, I, I mean, I said like, you know, I, I have to pre finance this, so I I arranged everything, you know, I got uh, camera man, camera crew for the whole thing, camera man for side footage, uh, you know, behind the scenes stuff and the photographer making pictures. And then we put a really nice package together and the, right. and the show itself was unbelievable right from the beginning. You know, the first note when the first note was the intro, which is the beginning of a s- instrumental song I did in church of peace of mind. You know, it, it's right from the very beginning, you know, wow. it's, you can feel the vibration, unbelievable. And, uh, and between all of us, you know, the fence and the, us on the stage, and I, it was just fantastic, you know. Yeah. And and I'm so happy that I recorded that because, you know, I I mean, my gut feeling told me, you know, don't even ask anybody, just do it, and right and, and that's what I did. I didn't and, even didn't even care. Yeah.
2: And how how long ago did this take place? Did this? It was about a year ago or so.
1: Well, we did this uh, concert. Was uh was that in? when did we when did august must have been august we played august. there okay. it was really hot <laughs> right, right, right right it was really hot and then and then i was spending all this time you know doing edits and the way you know i wanted it to be edited the japanese already did a great job but you know i that the, there's a certain way you want to you know what what you want people to see i mean there's a diff- everybody's got a different taste but i know what i want right to, so to people to see and then also the way the sound, um, you know, I, I had to make sure it was mixed the way I saw it, and we did, uh, and it turned out really good.
2: Yeah, no, what I, the clips I heard sound just awesome, and we're actually going to preview a, a little clip here in a bit on on Talking Metal. But um, you know, the the also the the, the crowd uh, just seems so into it in the clips I've seen, and you obviously have fans just all over the world, but you know Japan has always been a special place for for MSG fans you know and, and yeah. what is it about the people in, in Japan that what they they relate so well to your music and there's such a connection between you and them what what it is it yeah. about, about
1: Japan it's, Yeah it's because it's because like that you know when i left germany um because they didn't understand the art of lead guitar and they didn't understand the music i was playing and that's why i went to england and uh, I never made it to Japan uh, in my whole development, all the way up to Strangers in the Night and Love Drive, and then opened the door for America for the Scorpions, and then I left the scene. And then I wanted to do something small. Peter Mensch was looking for me and wanted to do something big. So he, he sent me, he is the one who sent me to Japan. And then okay. it was like an explosion, you know? And, uh, but the, my hardcore fans around the world. They understand the art of lead guitar playing and I at with pure self-expression, you know, that's sure. what I do. The art of lead guitar playing with pure self-expression. And so, you know, the, the, the first part of my life I created something in the 70s that was copied by other musicians in the 80s. Uh, Will called me up from America and said, Michael, they're all playing your guitar style here. I said, you must be joking. I, I, I never did anything on purpose or planned anything. I was just having fun playing. So I established something that uh, uh, when I was 23 years old after Strangers in the Night, I, I saw what it was like up on the top and I decided it wasn't for me and uh, I wanted to have decent and experiment with music, it was the Japanese. They followed me through my whole experimental career wow. as if it was the best thing in the world, you know, and and so they are, I mean, like I said, my, my hardcore fans around the whole world do understand what I'm doing. That's why they are there. Sure. But it's just uh, the, there is more of them in Japan that do understand, and oh. uh, there are more in Japan um, you know, in, in a way that 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 connect with that. and but it has all it has all become full cycle. It's all back to the days of strangers in the night, you know, it's all back to um, you know it's it's uh, we just did a, a DVD in in Spain. Well, people got completely crazy, you know, just like Japan. But they sing "ole ole" instead of, you know, doing what the Japanese do, and they have their own way of celebrating. Yeah. And it, it, it and it and it uh, uh, got an award in Germany, and just got an award in Japan. That Temple of Rock album uh, on a mission in Madrid that was nine months ago, uh, eleven months ago when it was released. And so it's taking off. We have already with Temple of Rock, we played four years. We are going down in storm, you know. So, like, the whole world is cycling, going full cycle. We are back at the Budokan year, a time, and we are, and that's what it reminds me of when we went to Japan for this recording. Right. And uh, that uh, we are basically back to uh, that era of In a spiral way, you know it's not exactly the same, but similar in so like this, that spiral development forward motion, we are kind of the cycle is closing and and I feel like I'm back into in that same era where an uh, area where I was at the time with the Buddha Khan and Scorpion's love Drive and Strangers in the night that was that all right. happened together in a period of two years, you know, and I feel this is exactly where where the energy is again it's wow. like uh, uh, people around the whole world and i think you know I, i'm in the third, third third stage of my life you know the middle years was just experimenting learning about life and 2008 i came back and that's i'm carrying on i'm carrying on now where i uh, 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 stopped uh you know after love drive when i you know started my middle life which the black and white guitar marks that era right and and now i'm in the in the in the place back where i consciously can enjoy what and carry on what i finished uh, you know at my first um stage of my life um with 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 uh with strangers in the night so i'm right. basically i feel like i'm in exactly the same place and so many people dying and stuff you know and i'm you know, using the third stage of my life as a celebration is Michael Schenker first time so celebrating the I'm celebrating the era of handmade rock. You know, 40 years of ACDC, dc um, You know, the same thing over and over. People have now um, are educated and in a in a white uh, in, a, in a in a you know many people are like uh, many people understand today something that they didn't understand 40 50 years ago. And so now I think people dig a little deeper and they start to understand the art of lead guitar a little bit more. Or actually they want a little bit more depth and details, because otherwise, how long can you do the the um umpa, (laughs) umpa? Right. (laughs) You have to kind of get to the next level at some point. So I think we are getting, you know, it's, it's almost like a you know, like a re-experience, like a cow, you know, yeah. eats and then spits out and eats again. It's, you need to digest, you know, what has been put out there. And I put something out there in the seventies that was commercialized in the eighties. And then the eighties guys made the money with it and stuff right. like that. But, uh, I'm an artist. I can be happy under the bridge. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Whole problem. And so I'm a trend maker rather than, a uh, you know, um, as follower. a follow- yeah. trend yeah. follower. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so the people, you know, they just kind of, um, they, you know, anyway. So, so that's that's what happened, and and that's why it it, it seems like now full cycle, and and uh, we are back in this in this
2: exciting uh, time, really.
1: Somewhere in that in in that in that in that period, uh, the late seventies and beginning of eighties.
2: Right, that's awesome to hear. And again, we are talking about your new. DVD, Blu-ray, and CD, which comes out on March 24th. It's the Michael Shanker Fest. Tokyo, we can't wait for that. And I also, I, you know, you mentioned Temple of Rock. You guys have released some great music in, in the recent years. I was a, a big fan of the Spirit on a Mission um, CD that came out uh, probably about two years ago at this point. Uh, what is the status of, of that Michael Shanker project, the Temple of Rock?
1: Yeah, I, I love it, you know, I mean... You're going to do like, more? you, do- you know? Absolutely. Dougie and I, we are building this thing, you know. Dougie and I, we have a really, really great uh, chemistry, and and I love working with him, and the ideas he comes up, when he hears what I have, and and he comes up with four or five different things, you know, and we pick and stuff like that. It's just fun with him, you know. He keeps calling me up, say, Michael, when are we going to do the next record? But, you know, the thing is, I had in mind, you know, to do a 2017, but I, I had no idea... That that the Mikoshenko Fest would take so long. You know, we are having, we are getting, we are getting offers from America for the Michael Schenker Fest, from Europe wow. and from everywhere. You know, and so in, we we are already booking tour for for Europe and UK for October, November, and we are already uh, starting um, America for February and March, wow. and so. You know, and now we need to figure. And and if and the, the and and more the more time time goes by, I'm realizing I'm you know I did four years solid touring with with Temple of Rock. We did uh, two live DVD CDs, and we did two studio albums. You know, and my ears are still ringing from the last concert. Yeah. And so we did the the in uh, uh, on a mission in Madrid the live the life uh, uh, DVD, which is superb. You know, it's really really fantastic atmosphere and and great fun. And uh and i personally think the more i think about it it's too early 2017 2018 is a better time and you know that's going to be that's going to be the third album and that will make it very close to doogie standing on his own feet and he doesn't need to sing my old classics anymore just some of them maybe but we it's a completely it's own entity you know it's by then we have a classic, and can you imagine when we did the fourth album? I think then, you know, it's going to be so established. It's, it's going to be just a thing on its own, you know, that right. can tour the world without, you know, without actually having to deal with anything from my old days. But we always were put something in there you know i mean i'm not going to stop playing rock bottom <laughs> now, now you mentioned <laughs> so, michael shanker
2: fest you know, uh doing uk dates and and possibly even u.s dates what what would we expect to see uh would you be bringing out like gary graham and 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 robin on yeah on that the michael shanker fest wow, wow. That's okay that's exactly awesome exactly the
1: that's same awesome. thing yeah. yeah absolutely and and it's uh of course, a much bigger undertaking costs much more money, but we've got bigger promoters and bigger venues, and so everything is kind of going to a complete new level, you know, but it, that's why it's taking so long. That's why October, you know, I go like, wow, man, so long. I, I used to promote tours in one month and, and show up, you know, but now it's like people want a half a year or maybe even a year if possible. So that's okay, but, you know, we're sitting together with a record company figuring out what the next record is going to be, and we want to make sure we are not you know, doing uh, uh, you know having too much product out, and so you know figuring out the timing of everything and and stuff like that. So and you know I probably end up doing more than one thing, which you know I'm used to anyway. And uh, you know I just did, I'm doing it anyway. You know I I have just done a year ago with with uh, Gary Barden, we did Barcelona, fantastic bloody a fantastic gig, right. and um we and we're doing one with Robert McCauley uh in in in, uh, in May in Madrid and sure. then we're doing the Schenker Fest in Barlingen and then um, you know in October we, we already starting the Schenker Fest with Graham, Gary and Robin and then we, we in Europe and then we're going to uh, in the next year, February, March to, to the States and do the do the same thing. But of course Great we're news. gonna be Always developing and and changing little bits here and little bits there, so that people can't say, "Well, I've seen it all." No, you haven't, <laughs> because there's so much material. You know, sometimes people go like, "Oh, why didn't they play this? Why didn't they play that?" But eventually, we'll play everything.
2: Awesome, awesome. Uh, hey, I wanted to go way back to your first solo record that you did uh, back in 1980, which was a really a game-changing record. I thought it was so good and such a big fan of it to this day. I uh, wanted to ask you about your relationship with Roger Glover on, on that album and if you had any memories of working with him. Are they good memories, bad memories? What, what do you remember about that record, specifically yeah, that Roger? Been
1: fantastic. Yeah, fantastic guy. I mean, fantastic guy. Really down to earth, and he, and he loves my playing, and uh, and you know, I mean, I was a hot tip at that time. It's like everybody in Rainbow, you know, was going, almost going to join me. <laughs> he was well, he was well. like that, you know, like Don Airy and and Cozy Powell, and then you know, it, it was just like a Graham Bonnet. It, 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 they they all wanted to come over to to join my side. But uh, you know, and what Glover, of course, he knew that this was something hard. And uh, you know, I didn't want to do anything big. You know, I don't know if I told you that before. But when I finished with the, uh, opening the doors for Scorpions for, for for America, I was done. I wanted to you know do little things and experiment and just uh, be be an art- artist, you know, right. and 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 have fun and 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 no pressure and do things when and what. But Peter Mensch, he was. He, he he found me and he wanted to do big things with me, you know. And so I, it took me another ten years, you know, until I escaped to Arizona in the early nineties for fifteen years when I found my peace wow. <laughs> eventually. Yes. But you know, it it and when 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 the, when Peter Mensch was gone, David Kirsch started following me around. It, it never stopped, you know. Wow. And so, but Roger Klaver was the guy who was you know chosen by by everybody I mean the next record actually the second I, I was supposed to have Matt Langa, and I said no I don't want to sound like ACDC so wow. I decided for Ron Jefferson <laughs> right and then after, uh, was
2: after that
1: was fun.
2: I was I was going to yeah, say then after that fun. you were working he with was... Martin Birch too right
1: yeah absolutely that was fun too I mean he's a great, he great. And, and he he made a good he made a great album it was he actually became musician's favorite I thought that talk, you know and and um, You know so um, that's how it
2: went very good now I saw some great footage and actually saw you live when you were on on that metal show you uh, I was there and and you came out and you jammed with Kirk Hammett Uh, amazing and then I saw some more footage that he joined you at a club a a little bit after that or a a gig somewhere you guys were playing again how did did you get to know Kurt Hammett and uh, just wondering what the what the story behind that connection is
1: yeah, it's kind of strange because Kirk, I I, I can't remember who told me that. But I think it could have been Peter Mensch, that I am like uh, uh, Father Christmas uh, uh-huh. uh, for Kirk. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, uh, and but Kirk was always too shy to approach me, and uh, he always wanted to, you know. And we actually bumped into each other, but took him by surprise. He might he he, he may have not known that I was going to be showing up there, which was a magazine were the the ten most influential uh, um, uh, guitarists, you know, right. or for some reason Billy Sheehan as a bass player was there too, but the rest was lead guitarists, and uh, we all ended up together on the on the front cover, and the most influential guitarists, you know, and uh, and and Kirk was there, and uh, but he really did not say much. I think he was happy to get out of there, and because he he was nervous uh, uh, in front of me and. Uh, which I, I can understand, but, but because when you have people that is a different generation, ten years younger probably, and you know, for me it would be with something like Jimmy Page and stuff like that, you sure. know. So I, I kind of can understand the respect and stuff like that. And uh, but you know, eventually <laughs> I think he took the bull by the horns and he said to Peter, Peter, I want to, I want to, I want to do something with Michael. And so, and and I think between uh, and Eddie, I think Eddie, Trump Eddie Trunk was yeah. one of the main, yeah. I think between those three, they put this together, and it was fun, you know. It was uh, he finally had the courage to put this together, and uh, so he's just a, a, a fanatic fan, you know. He's just yeah. an amazing fan. And when I told him, uh, Kirk, you know, I mean, I, what I developed in the seventies, it's I did that unconsciously. He said, "What? Are you, what are you talking about? You must right. be joking." <laughs> it's like I, I didn't do anything, honestly. I didn't plan to be. be, be I did not plan to become. Famous and successful and have an impact, you know, like that on the rest of the world. I was just having fun playing guitar. That's the beauty about it, you know. It just kind of that it went that way. It's it's a, it's a kind of really interesting and it's a good place to be in, you know. I cannot That is the uh, the the reward for a real artist, you know. The they have that 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 peace within themselves that nobody can take either. And, uh, and you know, you don't have to do anything. Like I said before, you can be happy under a bridge, you know, like the painters, you know, they're just happy painting. They're, yeah. just, they're just, I don't know, there's something going on just like that in the now that, that money can't buy.
2: What what drew you to the guitar back in the very early days? Were, were there players that, that you wanted to be like, that, that you idolized, or was it just an attraction to the actual instrument?
1: No, it was, it was like, you know, I was always, music, sound, always for me, you know. I mean, three years old, I was singing, and I, I loved to sing harmonies, banging, I have a really good sense of rhythm, I loved to bang on things, and, and when I was five years old, there was a little, you know, I was playing with cooking pots, and then there was a piano standing there, I would fiddle on that, and there was a, 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 a violin, my dad, the hobby, he was, you know but you know and not, it it was all great but i not, nothing really gets that was uh, that exciting until i was 9 years old and there was a guitar standing in the room and uh, rudolf and i started playing at the same time you know and yeah. so i developed so fast i started teaching rudolf guitar and uh, you know and then um basically uh, um what was the question again
2: I'm just. I was just wondering, like, what influences you know drew you to the guitar yeah. in the first place? And, and
1: so, and that was it. So when I started, when that guitar was standing there, and I went like, I hit this this string, and we were listening to music, and and you know, and, and had pictures on the wall and everything, but but there was guitar standing there, and I, that was the beginning. You know, I hit one mm-hmm. note, and I put my other finger on another, and hit the note and and right there even without distortion it it already sounded like something that 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 that, that reminded me of what i was hearing on the radio i guess and yeah. and it's just kind of i i i i never stopped you know um looking for the next note <laughs>
2: <laughs> and were you yeah. self taught or did you take I'm lessons or just yeah
1: you know it's just like one note inspired me to play the next note, right. and the and the next note inspired inspired me to play the next note, and and it never stopped, you know, and oh. I call it a play and discover it's not really like practicing or anything it's just kind of you just play you're having fun but you're discovering step by step as you as you're having fun you you start discovering you know you you finding treasures you know you I, I call it treasure hunting you find pieces of gold and i'm doing exactly the same thing today That's awesome. you know and and uh, but you know the latest and so when i when i got hooked to the guitar that's when I, you know, I, and and no music sounded for me completely unless there was a great lead guitarist in the in in in, in that in that song. Right. And so I started in the then I was fourteen, fifteen, you know, in the late uh, '60s. I started to uh, um I went like guitarist hunting. I went to festivals hoping that I would, you know, see something amazing and stuff like that. And I did, you know, here and there, and and so. And then um, when I was 17, you know, I basically, um, I I intuitively knew that uh, enough of the, you know, copying others and, and no more listening to music, you know, I, I knew that I had reached the point where I wanted to, to do it the way I see it. And that means going within myself and, and, and. Do pure self-expression. I started that with seventeen, and and that's what I focused on. So I never really um, 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 copied others long enough to create grooves
0: right. that
1: I couldn't um, uh, 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 jump out of. So I started very early to create my own grooves, and and uh, you know, and as a result of you know just focusing on how you see it, you create your own style, and that's what i did in the 70s and then in the 80s it was copied and commercialized and then you know and 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 then it was more acceptable for them for the wider audience
2: right right definitely well again we are talking with michael shanker and there is a new dvd blu-ray and cd on the way on march 24th it's michael shanker fest tokyo it's great stuff We're going to have it linked through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. Michael, always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for calling in.
1: Thank you very much.
2: Big thanks to Michael Shanker for joining me. That song right there, of course, on and on. I mean, if you don't know Michael Shanker group, go listen to their stuff. There's so many great songs. Are you ready to rock? I mean, that that record right there, the the uh, the second Michael Shanker group record, had so many great songs on it. I love the first one too, which had uh, one of my all-time favorite songs by him, "Lost Horizons." And, you know, as much as I love UFO, actually, I don't really love UFO all that much. Everything I know by them I think is great, and I have a few of their records. But to me, it was the Michael Shanker group stuff that was the stuff that really made me just go crazy over Michael Shanker's playing. And I have to admit, I'm very impressed with the Temple of Rock stuff that he's done in more recent years. Um, So do, do yourself a favor. If you don't know his catalog, definitely go check it out you know you can start like i said that's lost horizons is a great song captain nemo which came off the built to destroy record which was great rock my nights away is also on that record of course the assault attack record is great desert song awesome the live record is very good one night in budokan attack of the mad axeman is on that victim of illusion into the arena another great song so much great stuff Michael Shanker has given us through the years, uh, not to mention the work he did with the Scorpions, also. So, having said that, let's do a couple more Shanker tracks right now. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of stuff I want to play for you guys tonight. Let's do the song right here that's playing underneath me is Captain Nemo. We'll do a little of that right now. essential Michael Shanker, right there. And I can't wait to see this thing. I want it to come to the U.S. I think it's going to be amazing. I didn't know Michael Shanker Fest was going to be coming to the U.S. So learned about that for the first time during that interview that Michael gave me, recorded less than a week ago today. So let's keep the music going right now. This is a song... Which came out, you know, a couple of years before the thrash metal hit, and a lot of people pointed this song as not not the song that invented thrash, but definitely one of the key elements. And and it wasn't the record *Restless and Wild*. It was specifically this song off of that record by Accept called *Fast as a Shark*, that seemed to be a key element in the birth of of thrash again it wasn't it wasn't the one prototype thing that caused the whole thrash movement but definitely an extremely important piece this song by Accept from 1982 Fast as a Shark little accept, classic accept here on Talking Metal. Wow, having fun here tonight, hanging with you guys, drinking non-alcoholic beer, and not watching the Oscars. It's Sunday night. So, let's uh, keep this going. This is Some Kind of Monster by Metallica. It comes from a controversial record called Saint Anger. It didn't have any guitar solos. They brought the you know they let the whole band write lyrics, which was controversial, uh, instead of just Hatfield and and they got a lot of shit for the snare drum sound on Saint Anger. Little known fact: they they released an EP when they did a movie called Some Kind of Monster. Now, Some Kind of Monster was also a song off of the the album Saint Anger. But when they did this movie, they, they put out an EP t- entitled Some Kind of Monster to kind of go along with this movie, which is a documentary about them uh, dealing with their their kind of issues that they had at this time. I don't know what year. I guess 2003, 2002, I imagine the documentary was shot because it's kind of about the, you know, making of this record. And anyways, on this EP, they did an edited version shorter version of the song, some kind of monster. It was three minutes, maybe even four minutes shorter than the version of the song that appeared on Saint Anger. And they changed the snare drum sound on this. They they got rid of that ringy cowbelly sounding snare drum. And it's quite good. I mean, I I, I really like this version of the song. They cut out the fat. They got rid of that that annoying snare drum sound. And it's good. It, this is this is sounds like classic metallica to me you know it's not uh, obviously it's not ride the lightning metallica or master of puppets but it it sounds like metallica it sounds like it's it's in their wheelhouse it's it's their thing i dig it this is the edited version and remixed version totally remixed fixed snare drum version of the song some kind of monster by metallica A little Metallica here on Talking Metal, let's keep it going with Marilyn Manson off the Hollywood record. This is The Fight Song. Guys, thanks so much for joining me on this edition of Talking Metal. Big thanks to Michael Shanker. Thanks to Chip for setting up that interview. I got up at 7 in the morning to record Michael calling in from Europe, I guess, maybe Germany. I don't know where he was calling in from. And he never called. So I actually got up at like 6.30, um, snuck down in the basement, never called. We rescheduled. I was glad that we were able to finally connect on Saturday. So scheduling... A uh, little mix up there, but just a pleasure to talk with him. What a nice guy. I'll post a picture of me and Michael Shanker from 2015 in today's show notes. That's also where you go to get the links. And uh, if you want to send me a PayPal donation, my PayPal account is my email, StriegelMark at gmail.com. Um, you, can all, you can send me an email there. You can send me a PayPal donation using that, S-T-R-I-G-L-M-A-R-K at gmail.com. Cool. All right, guys, and you, please, again, leave a review on iTunes and just visit the site. That, that helps us, too. We're doing On This Day all the time, you know, so if you want to see what historical metal hard rock event happened on a certain day, go to our site. Uh, and we got news going, Mitchell LaFon's podcast, this podcast, Metal Raps. It's a very active site compared to what it used to be, where we just basically used to use it to post podcasts. It's more than that now, so definitely chalk choc- Check out talkingmetal.com and on that note we're going to end with some more Michael Shanker this is uh, I got the CD right here I'm looking at it this is off the 2008 CD which was called In the Midst of Beauty MSG Michael Shanker Group Gary Barden back in, in the fold for this one listen to the lineup on this Don Airy who known for his work with Ozzy Neil Murray Played, of course, with Whitesnake, among many others. Simon Phillips, wow. Uh, And, of course, Michael Shanker on guitar. Great stuff. What a lineup on this one. And this is a song off of that record called I Want You. Thanks for listening to Talking Metal. Tell your friends about us. Follow us on Twitter. It's Talking Metal and check us out on snapchat talking metal for you is the username see you guys emily my wife runs that account for the most part sometimes i hop on there all right see you later guys
3: Side of each other through and through. I've never been so frightened. The countdown is true. When you fix me with those eyes, I got everything to lose. See, I've got your number tattooed on my heart. Here, never will it part. As long as you remember the promises you made, once they are forgotten, shadows start to fade. I want you, you. Who do you think you're cheating? Only you, you. When. the